Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. I got to make some pumpkin pie this afternoon. For a whole pumpkin pie, she's agreed to moderate for us today. So we, she has the list of questions, and we will follow you, Kyle. So go ahead and lead us. Oh, I got this one. <laughs> I got this one. Uh, yeah, first of all, you need to, to, to love and, and nurture your children and, and teach them the ways of Ohio State, okay? They need to have Ohio State gear. They need to watch the games with you. If you're unable to watch the game, you would need, at least need to claim that you record it so that you'll watch it later. Uh, it needs to be important in your home. And, uh, and then when a Michigander comes your way and says, you know, yeah, go Wolverines, they will know exactly what to say in response to that, okay? Get behind me, Satan, is correct. You need to give her a microphone. She's funny. Get behind. Oh, there it is. That's right. Well, we put a spanking on him yesterday, didn't we, right? That's good. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Kyle. That was, that was our first question. That was fun. I like that. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we mic'd you. So we've got a two-year-old, and one of the things I was thinking about when, when this question came up is our two-year-old says no all the time, too, because that's what he hears from me all the time. No, 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 no. Um, it's, it's normal, and, and, it, and it's going to happen, and uh, you know, this, this kid is just trying to express some independence. They've been like, kind of like latched on to you for anything and everything, and, and now he's, he's starting to learn that he can, that he can respond and, and that he can... Uh, start being a little bit more independent. He's not trying to be like blatantly rebellious. If he's if he's 16 and you tell him to do something and the kid says, "No." Then then you've got a you've got a different situation that you have to respond to. But a 2-year-old just, you know, just doesn't want to do the things that you want him to do and 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 the attention span is is pretty short, right? Who's who's got 2-year-olds here? How how long is that attention span? It's really it's it's really short. So, you know, uh he's he's going to say no. He's doing what he wants to do. He doesn't want to do what you want him to do. He just wants to keep on doing his own thing. And, and, that's, uh, and, and that's totally normal. However, you get the opportunity to, to walk him through the stuff that you want him to do. You know, that, that, uh, that, that if you want him to give you something, he says, no, well, you can help him give it to you and, and, and start that practice of showing him how it is that he, he should behave. Um, personally, though, the, the bigger issue in that question is not so much that your two-year-old is saying, no, that's just normal. Um, it's the losing your mind part. Uh, that, 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 that that's something that you can hopefully actually learn how to control. That that uh, when it when it comes to our kids and and I'm and I'm saying this I'm I'm presenting this not from an area of expertise. Uh, being patient with your kids is is crucial. Um, un- unfortunately, I let myself get to the place where I'm losing my mind with 
with my little ones and 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 really that's that's on that's on me um and you know last week when when Aaron was was preaching on the things that parents need those you know there were some some key things in there one of them is is rest if you've got a 2 year old you're toast right <laughs> amen you're toast and and that mental condition leads towards losing your mind and you've got to take it take it advantage and of the opportunities to to rest and and refill um i was i was thinking about when we were you know singing along with the worship that uh you know god god loves me so much and and he's so patient and loving with me that that if that i could probably be more patient and loving with my kid if i was a better child to him that if that if i was if i was being if i allowed him to parent me better I would probably be a better parent to my kid. Um, patience and patience and consistency is is a is a huge a huge issue here. Don't lose your mind. Don't lose your mind. Rely on your spouse. Rely on friends, on family. Rely on God. Um, get get some quiet time in to to be able to handle the situations that come up because they're going to come up. They're going to come up now and they're going to come up later. And if you're not if you're not preparing for them now, when they're two, when they're 15, if that's when you start to figure out how to be patient, it's just not going to happen. I would just add one little bit of wisdom that a that an older mom gave to me one time who raised four kids, and um, you know these are normal development stages. No, in the terrible twos is a very normal development stage. In fact, someone would be wrong with your kid if they didn't go through that. And it, it's hard for us to deal with, but it's absolutely normal. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. So we, we're really, really hard on ourselves, right, when <clears throat> maybe we imagine what other people are thinking of us as parents, when we, they see our kids yelling no at us at Walmart or something like that. Um, don't feel like it's a reflection on your parenting when your kid is going through some natural stage of independence that all kids need to go through. I got nothing to add. No further questions, Your Honor. I think that I think that was mine. Yeah, yeah, that was ours. So we're foster parents, and I know we've got other foster parents in here as well. Um, we'll just the 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 first and blatant answer to that is never, never. You know. Uh, it's it's never okay to talk about everything when it comes to a deadbeat parent or an absent absent parent. Um, for us in the in with the foster care situation, you know, we've got we had a a boy and a girl who were five and seven, and and they were struggling with why their mom wasn't there, and 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 they would ask questions, and we you know if they didn't show up to their visit, and, and our response wasn't well, you know she's probably out back smoking crack, and she just didn't feel like showing up. That may be true. Can't you can't answer that way. But that's but that's not what. But that's not that's not fair. You know, that's not fair to the kid. Um, outside of foster care, if you've got a deadbeat parent, a parent that's absent, you know, one of the things that you've got to be really cautious about is uh, passing your emotional baggage to your kid. Your kid's going to have their own emotional baggage, and and you have you'll have opportunities to to give age appropriate answers to the questions that are asked. Um, but but you have to be really careful about what it is that you share because you know, at some point that deadbeat parent might not be a deadbeat parent anymore. That 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 parent that parent's life may radically change 
And then there could be an opportunity to see, to see that, that relationship restored. And if what you've done is fed into the bridge burning, um, you know, who wants, who wants to be, you know, blocking that opportunity to see uh, a relationship reconciled? And I was, you know, sharing with these guys that, that if, that if people based their relationship on me on who I was 30 years ago, nobody would be my friend. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any friends. I was, I was a jerk and people knew me as a jerk. I've, I've changed and I've reconciled some of those relationships. Don't, don't be a stumbling block to the reconciliation, possible reconciliation of, of that relationship. And then, and then realistically, scripturally, we're not, you know, we're supposed to speak words of encouragement. We're supposed to speak words that, that build each other up. You know, their, their dad, their mom might be a complete and utter loser. But that's not what you need to express to your kid. If he is, if she is, your kid will figure that out. But, but you don't have to feed into it. So age-appropriate answers uh, that leave the possibility of, of relationship restoration in the future. Just have a little bit to add again. Um, what I would do with the, with the foster kids, and if it was my own kid, you know, focus on how your kid is feeling then and help them through that and deal with that. All their life they're going to deal with disappointments, right? Let's teach them how to handle those disappointments rather than focusing on the negative and somebody else. You know, too much in our world we see people blaming other people for everything. Let, let's just help them learn to, to deal. You know, your mom's got some things that she has to, has to do and that she's working at before, she, before you can come home. You know, you need to have a safe home to come, come home to. Um, or, or, you know, I'm not sure why, you know, your dad isn't here. You don't have to lie. I'm not sure why your dad didn't show up. I know that must be sad for you. Let's pray about it. And then, then let's play cranium, you know. <laughs> um, you know, as most of you know, our daughter is my biological child. And her other side of her DNA. He, he's never even laid eyes on her. And so as far as I learned very early on, I um, was reading Purpose Driven Life, and there was a part in that book that I applied, and I've lived that out for the last 11 years. And it, was, it just said, no matter who the parent is, you, your child, you know, they did get some of their DNA, and you love your child, and your child wouldn't be the same child without that person. So I learned to be grateful, and I can appreciate the gift that he gave me, whether he really missed out on a really great gift, and that's on him. But I learned to look at it that way. So there, there's never been a time that we've answered questions and, and things that she's asked since, as she's gotten older. But... There's never been a time that I've had any one negative word to say because I, he gave me a great gift, and that's, that's all there is to it. I agree. Okay, so, so what I hear you asking is, 
I have a parent that is on that I'm sharing time with the kids, and this person is not interested in their life, you know, maybe their school life or the church they're attending or the activities that the kids want to be part of, and sometimes they show up to their sporting events, sometimes they don't, and you have to explain that, and you want to try to help them by calling them to remind them over and over again. This is kind of what the question I hear that you're asking, so I'm going to answer it that way. If it's not, see me later, and we'll we'll talk about that. But um, the first the first question was, do you continue to enable them? No, you you, you don't. Um, that puts a lot of extra work on you, and and ultimately that's a control issue um, that, that you are trying. And it's 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 an okay one. It flows from the right place in your heart, where you don't want your kids to get hurt. You don't want them to, to suffer because the other parent is hurting them by not showing up or not showing interest in their lives and, and what they're doing, right, or is too busy or won't take time off to, to engage in what's happening there. So, so I understand you don't want them to hurt in that way. So that this, this, this effort to control flows from a good place in your heart. However, I will tell you that when that blows up in your face later on, when something goes wrong, you, you, your kids are going to point at you. And, and say that you're the one that manipulated everything and controlled it all. And, and, and so, so my advice to you is, no, don't, don't be an enabler. Always invite. It, it, no matter what you do, if there's, if there's, there's um, a split between the parents, it always needs to be done first, biblically, out of love and out of peace. You need to seek, you need to seek those two things. That, that you can have love and peace between you and that other person. And then you can invite them and tell them about activities, and when they fail to come in, and be involved. That, that's their choice. And when your kids are broken, you get to sit with them and you get to put your arm around them and you get to say, I know this sucks right now. And I'm sorry you're hurting. I don't know why they didn't choose to come. I don't know why they didn't choose to be here. But I want you to know that I love you and, uh, and that I'm here. And, and, and I think, I think that's, that, is the bigger, that is the bigger picture. I think that's the better thing to do because you teach them now how to deal with disappointment. You're not sheltering them from everything. I always think of that scene in Finding Nemo, right, where Dory's like talking to Merlin and she's like, hey, you can't keep everything from happening to little Harpo, Fabio, Nemo, right? Like you just, you just, you, you absolutely cannot. And when it comes to the other parent, the, the, the rule applies here. You, you can't protect them from everything. You can, however, teach them how to walk through that brokenness. You can love them through that brokenness. You can pray for that other person. You need to be praying for that your, your child's parent no matter what, whether you're married, separated, or we're never even together. You, you need to be praying for them. Do you have anything you want to add? Okay. Well, all right. That's it. That's it. They got nothing else. Yeah, go ahead. Somebody that's not their parent that always loves them and is always there. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Wait, so that's a service opportunity for us all, right? We all know people, when one-parent families, and, and we may know the situation. So there's something so easy we can do to, to serve that family, share, share the love of Christ that we know with that child by really investing in them, showing up at their sporting events. So that's a good opportunity to watch for. 
Amen. And and don't even just leave that for the the single family, the single parent families. That's just a good thing for anybody. Um, you know, in our former congregation, I would show up to, to to some of the kids' baseball games, and it was cool. The parents loved it. The kids loved it. It was just it was just tons of fun. Next. That's all you. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take this one. I think, I think the, the answer is really simple, and it's kind of found in the question itself. If you want to be respected, um, give respect. Be respectable. Um, be somebody that, that your kids will want to respect. Be, be some, a man or woman of integrity and character. Be somebody that, that they can respect. And Because I can't get away from this idea, and I know it sounds so crude, but I'm going to say it anyway. Monkey see, monkey do. Like, that's your kids. You know, I'm, not, I'm not calling you a monkey, but, you know, maybe if the shoe fits. But, um, but <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Um, but honestly, the, the, your kids, if you are disrespectful to your spouse or you are disrespectful to your kids, they, they are not going to model respect back to you. If you want to show them that you value that, you need to live that out. And then, you know, on top of it, if they're, if they're old enough to understand or have these kind of conversations, I would absolutely encourage you to, to you know, hey, this is one of our family values. We value respect. If you really want them to understand that, talk about it. But, but more than talking about it, demonstrate it. Because you can talk about it till you're blue in the face. But if you are a, a disrespectful person, they they're not gonna they're not gonna pick up on that. They're not gonna understand that. Okay. You're just that good. Yeah. Well, thanks. We'll take that one. The simple answer is that you, you don't you don't you don't protect them from everything. You don't isolate. One of the things you don't want to do with your kids is is isolate them from everything because then when they do actually come in contact with it, they're gonna they're not gonna have a clue um, as to what to do. Uh, you know, situ- situations that are age appropriate, you, you deal with them as as they as they come up, and you try to equip your kids to be able to respond to the situations around them. You know, we we watch movies and. And we've got so we've got a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, and if they're swearing in the movies, you know, we've had the conversations prior through that all uh, through the the last handful of years where where our kids look at us and they go, "We're not going to say that. Don't worry." <laughs> and uh, you know, we're we're not letting them watch R-rated movies because they're 10 and 12. You know, you you have to you have to protect them from from certain things. But you know, you, if your kids go to public school, they're going to come home in fifth and sixth grade and say with a, a permission slip to sign off on about sex education. It's it's going to come up. Hopefully what that does is gets you to have that conversation before they go so that they can respond to it properly. Um, but, but you just kind of like take age-appropriate steps to the situations that come around you. You need to equip them. You need to train them. You need to prepare them for this, the stuff that's going to come around because it's going to come around. And, and they might respond one way with you, but you hope that when they're on their own, they can they can respond in a, in a right way as well. Um, but we've got to, we've got to take the time and energy to invest in them before those situations come up, preferably. Um, but also have a, a working relationship with your kids that when something comes up, they can come to you and ask you about it. Like, what, what are we going to do about this? This somebody asked me this today. What does that mean? Well, this is what it means. Um, you got to have you got to have a relationship with your kid. 
it's about being involved, right, and being the type of having the type of relationship with your kid where that they can come in and tell you anything that's going on, and you're going to react in such a way that they're going to not file away that I'm never going to come to him again and say this. I'm never going to come to her again and ask that. You know, um, we had this conversation a little bit when our kids were just getting to school age. Do we send them to public school or do we shield them from? Um, that kind of evil they're going to learn in public school and set, pay all that money and send them to a private school, a Christian school, you know. Oh, my gosh, you know, I'm a science-y kind of person. They're going to go to public school, and they're going to start learning all about evolution when they're really young, and I want them to believe in creation, you know. Um, but then I realized how ill-equipped I was when I went to college as a creationist and that I had no idea how to um, – Argue defend. what? Defend your, your yeah. Defend my yeah. Defend creation exactly. And so now I th- you know I'll I'll be darned. Let's just send them to public school. Let's stay involved in their curriculum. Understand what they're being taught in you know other regards, not just science. And let's work with them on that and, and get them equipped to be strong and being defenders of their faith. Which means that you have to be strong defenders of the faith. That that uh, the monkey see monkey do. You know, if I'm if I'm telling my kid, you know, I don't want you looking at porn, and yet he goes onto the computer and he finds my porn stash. What what am I teaching him? You know, you've you've actually got to live the life that you want your kids to live. They're they're gonna follow they're gonna follow after you. I don't want my kid to be sarcastic. When he's sarcastic, it makes me angry. And I think to myself, where did he get that from? Duh, he got it from me. He got it completely from me. So me trying to correct him is like, well, no, I, I actually need to correct me. I need to show him how that how that path walks. And, and I'm going to be preachy for a second. Stop thinking that these things are not influencing your kids. Stop thinking that culture isn't trying to pull them in all kinds of directions that is not towards God. It is. It absolutely will test their faith. It will test their hearts. And you as a parent need to be vigilant. Wake up. Up. That, that's me being preachy. Preach on. <laughs> okay. How do you respond when your Christian child leaves the faith as an adult? I would say that's where it's important um, to learn how to love everyone exactly where they are. Um, because show I have seen... Um, just especially since we started this church, loving people where they're at um, and showing them the love of Jesus and letting Jesus do his thing um, is much more successful than preaching at people or telling them, well, you really need to do this or you really need to do that. So as hard as that might be uh, when you really want your adult child to follow Jesus, um, I think you have to be careful of how you present Jesus' love to them um, because in some aspects you're going to push that further away um, and harden their hearts. So I think you just have to keep praying um, would be the biggest thing and uh, let Jesus do his thing. And, and you want to, in that vein, you want to avoid manipulations. It, you've got a college-age kid who goes to school, and you're paying his bills, and you tell him, "Hey, listen, I'm not going to pay your bills unless you go to church on Sunday morning." Like, look, that is that that's not doing what you think it's doing. It, it's just not. Um, it, it's just like Shanda said, you got to love them right where they're at, and uh, and and you know, continue to pray for them. You know, I I have unsaved family members that I text from time to time. Hey, how can I pray for you? Because they know that I pray for them. And they appreciate that. That you you don't have to stop being a Christian because 
because they are. In fact, they may they may go out and, and may try to to explore different religions. They may may begin to look into them. And I would encourage you to to uh, when I say be okay with that, I don't mean be okay with that. I mean say great, let's explore it together. Let's talk about it together. Let's follow this this trail. Let's let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes, and then I, and then I'm going to challenge that faith if you're okay with it, and and challenge it. You know, if they they decide to convert to to a Muslim or to Buddhist, or, and I'm not saying go to a Buddhist temple with them or go to, 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 you know, I'm not saying go to church with them and condone that. It, it's completely different. Loving them where they're at, where they're at means, means uh, just that, just, just walking with them. And, uh, and, and, you know, you're going to come up against, here's, what, here's the, the one challenge you get to come across. Buddha, that guy's dead. Muhammad, that guy's dead. Jesus, that dude's alive, Right? And and you can't you can't defeat that you just can't so you don't have to preach at them you don't have to beat them up you just gotta love them love them right where they're at oh, 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 hold. love them where they're at but pray like crazy yes. get your crazy friends praying for them too I married a raging atheist you know and and it wasn't me nagging at him every day that turned him around he knew where i stood i did openly share where i stood but i didn't keep on sharing it and keep on harassing it would have made any difference i just prayed like crazy and i prayed that god would put other people in his path every time he turned around that could share um his love and his wisdom and and that's exactly what happened Drag them along anyways. <laughs> Early on, drag them along anyways. I, and we didn't talk about this. I had, I had read some article about uh, a pastor who had two kids, and one of them just continued on the faith, and the, young, the older one continued on the faith, and the younger one stepped away. And, and this guy had done, been doing research on pastors that had that situation. And, and what they found out was the first kid went everywhere with the dad. Small groups, meetings, hospital visitation, everything, everything that kid went along with them. And the second kid, because you know their church had grown, they had gotten a little comfortable, they were able to get babysitters, and they didn't need to to bring um, the second kid along with everything. That you know he he stayed behind some, and and that's the one that walked away. Um, but the kid who went and saw everything, even you know they didn't have to be stand there by the hospital bed praying, but but they but they saw their their parents' faith in action. That, that was. Uh, that was a significant, had, a, had significant impact. So on one level, you want to bring them to the stuff that you're doing. Bring them no matter what. But at the same time, the things that you're called to, the, the gifts that you have, the talents that you have, the calling that God has placed on your life, and how it is that you serve, how it is that you worship, might not necessarily be the calling that is on your kid's life. Uh, we had, in, in our old congregation, we had uh, Amy Bray and Jeff Bray. Amy Bray. I used their names. Whoops. They're not going to listen to it anyways. Oh. So, so, so Amy and Jeff, Amy, Amy was probably about our age, and, and Jeff was 17 when they started coming to our congregation, and Jeff was just coming because you know, his mom was dragging him along with him. And, and he just kind of like hung out. He was there, nice kid, really, but he really liked baseball. He just constantly watched baseball. And, uh, 
and and I can't remember how we talked him into going to Nicaragua. We do mission trips every year. We go to Nicaragua for a week, and we talked Jeff into going to Nicaragua. And, and he had told Amy that you know one of the things that that he was hoping to find was compassion. That he has absolutely no compassion for anybody. That he could watch TV, see the tidal wave wiping out tens of thousands of people, and it's like, let's watch baseball. Click, and he'd go he'd go to baseball, and that's he said that's that's just where my heart is. That's where my head is. Um, now his his mom was was fairly reserved, pretty quiet, didn't go out of her way, and uh, and she went to church. She was a faithful churchgoer. Jeff decided to go to Nicaragua. Amy would never go to Nicaragua. There is no way that Amy would ever go uh, on an international mission trip. And Jeff went. Oh yeah, she cleaned. Yeah, she. <laughs> that's what she did. Yeah, she cleaned. Um, so we took Jeff with us to Nicaragua, and and, and after spending a week in Nicaragua, I watched. I watched God transform this boy's life. Radical transformation, doing something that was not in his mother's DNA. And he has now been around the world. He spent a year going around the world as a missionary. He leads teams of missionaries to to third world countries in Central and South America and Cambodia. And, and uh, he had the opportunity to find who he was in his faith. He wasn't just piggybacking on his mom's faith that uh, that he had that opportunity. Now, mom, even though she wouldn't go on a mission trip, she totally encouraged and supported and, and went out of her way to to see that happen, even though it drove her nuts. You know, the thought of her boy going away for a year, um, it, it almost killed her. But she let it go. Now, in, in simple church, you know, the, the question came from somebody in simple church. So if so, if you're bringing your kids here, and, and we'll just throughout kids' ministry, because my kids work in kids' ministry, and one of them loves it. The other one will do it. Uh, I do it. I don't love it. I do it because I know it's needed. It's not my gifting. It's not my talent. Um, odds are it's not your kids' gifting or talent either. You know, If they hate it, don't knock them for it. Um, but what you might need to do is invest time and energy to see what it is that your kid is, is called to. You know, if... How is it that you can encourage them to claim the faith as their own? And and that might mean that you do something outside of simple church. How we do things at simple church is awesome. It is not the end-all, be-all of how Christianity works, right? Because if it is, everybody would be here. This building would be way too small. It would be way too small. But as our kids grow up, they're, they're, they're going to want to find who it is that they are in Christ. and 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 you're going to actually have to invest in that sacrifice for that it's going to cost you it's, something it's going to cost you something you know all the answer to all these questions it's going to cost you something if if you if what you want is good if what you want is what god wants it's going to cost you something whether it's it's being patient when your kid is saying no whether it's uh your your kid doesn't want to do kids ministry or or whatever ministry um it, it's going to cost you something, and and really, your kids need to see that. You you need to do that, and your kids need to see that. Otherwise, um, otherwise, our faith is just I show up to church on Sunday. You know, I tithe. I'm good, right? That's 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 not what this walk is, and we we don't want our kids to see that. That's what this walk is, either. I got this. 
just as soon as your kids are exposed to it. If you are one of the, if you you are a parent that does not monitor what your kids watch, they are watching. Uh, I, I would say rated R, but not even rated R. Man, they could be watching an eight o'clock show on ABC or CBS anymore, and there is full-on graphically described sexual encounters between marrieds and unmarrieds alike. And I will tell you that it is not uh, too soon to begin having that talk with your kid. Okay, um, our kids came home. I want to say they were, yeah, second grade, and they said, "Hey, what does this mean?" And we were like, "Oh dear." We looked at Kasai. Did you hear what he said? No. What he said? Nothing. Go. Leave the room. Looked at the other one. Did you hear what he said? I heard, and I'm not even going to repeat what they said. Uh, and okay, get out. You didn't hear it. So we isolated that one kid. I did. I, I isolated the one kid, and I said, do you know what that means? And I explained it. Uh, the thing is, somebody is going to be talking to your kids about sex. We are in an over-sexualized culture, period. It is everywhere you turn. Sex sells. I know you've heard it so many times that you are numb to it because, because that, that is what the enemy wants. He wants you numb to it. He wants the next generation numb to it. But, but I'm telling you, somebody or something is already talking to your kids about sex. And so this is where you need to have that relationship. A lot of parents push back here and they go, well, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to say. I don't care. Start talking. You, you obviously know what it's about. That's why they're here. You know. You at least knew what it was about once. So whether it was an accident or on purpose, you can explain what happened. But further than just the physical part of it, you get to go to the scriptures and say, look, this is a gift that God has given us. This is a gift that, that we are to enjoy underneath the covenant of marriage. And when we do that, God blesses it. And it's spiritual. It is beautiful. And it is greater than you can even imagine. It goes way past the, spiritual, or the, the physical act of sex. And when you can explain to your kids that this is a gift from God, he has given it to us. And that we're not to abuse it that we are to guard it, that we are to protect it. That, that's a different perspective than sex is gross, don't do it. Sex is not for you, it's bad. But you don't want them to think that because then when they do get married, they've got this idea that it's gross or that it's bad, and so that, that's not good for their partner, their spouse. That's not fair to them. That's, that's a lie. <laughs> sex is great. You don't want to lie about it. And my, my, yeah, anyway, I... I probably speak too freely about the subject. I'm going to pass it off to my wife. But you, you need to be ready to talk as soon as somebody's talking to them, no matter what that age is, period. And we have had multiple talks about the subject. It wasn't mic drop, and this is what it is. It was little bits at a, a time as they've gotten older. So we started out with little things, and then... You know, I just had a conversation, and I was like, wow, where's your dad? Where's your dad? It was, it was you know, and it was, it was innocent things, but they just had questions, and, and I was like, you know. But so it has progressed um, as they've gotten older, so we didn't just lay it all out on the table when they were in second grade asking little questions. But, you know, and even if you choose, like, if they're in school, they're going to watch a video. It was fifth grade fifth that they grade. started. Fifth grade. You got until fifth grade. And even if you choose to have your child 
not watched the video, all their friends have watched it, and you better believe they're they're going to be the ones telling your kids what was on the video instead of them seeing it for themselves. And you actually watched the video before they did, right? They, they send it out they to the see, parents yeah. so we could watch so, it. Um, you know, and when I picked them up from school. Not my first time seeing such a video. But he knew, you knew the content, that was my point. And so I picked them up from school and I was like, so what did you learn? What was on it? You know, and I got their perspective so that I could explain better or if they had more questions or, you know, things like that, that they weren't asking their friends those questions. And one last thing I'm going to say about this. If you don't create an environment where your kids can ask questions, they will ask somebody else. If you explode on your kids or are impatient with them when they're asking these kind of questions, you lose. You lose that position of influence in their life. You need to turn off the TV. If they, You need to engage them. Go on a walk. I do this every year. It's an annual thing. When we go to the beach, we get in the waves, and I look at my kids and say, all right, it's time to ask your dad anything you want to. Every, there's, no, there's, there's nothing that I won't talk about. What do you want to talk about? I am giving them opportunities to ask me questions. Some, and sometimes if, if the sex question is going to come up, obviously I separate the boys and the girls because they've got different questions. And, you know, if Kasaya wants to talk to me about sex, I, I, of course, want, you know, I want Shanda to be there present because I, I just think that's appropriate. If you are a single parent and you are uncomfortable and you're going to engage in this, and you, you are the opposite sex of your kids, maybe invite somebody in that is. You know, if you've got boys you need to talk to and you are a mom, a single mom, you know, invite somebody that you trust or that they trust into that conversation. Well, however you need to do it, you need, you need to be talking with your kids about this. So you know, give them opportunities. And, and start really early. You know, as your, as your kids get older, opening up those doors for conversation are really, really hard, and you won't notice that you missed it. That you won't notice, you know. Um, you know, I can already see in my relationship with my boy, you know, where we have some some walls up, and and uh, and it's it's way harder to fix it now at 12 than if I had listened to the people around me back when he was three. Um, do it now. Start today. Doesn't matter how old they are. Start. Stop taking them anywhere fun. <laughs> Solved. Next. <laughs> I, I think this was in relationship to a two-year-old again. Uh, have realistic expectations of, of your kid. A two-year-old is thinking, I'm having fun. I'm not having fun anymore. Wah. That's, that's just how it goes. If you can hang in there for five, ten minutes through the whining, you know, they'll, they'll probably mellow out of it. If when you get home they're still crying, remove them from your space. Let them have some quiet time by themselves. Uh, you can start having the conversations. You know, I, I have a conversation with my two-year-old, and he responds, blah, 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 blah. Hey, dude. We understand each other. Though. Bye, ya. Bye, ya. <laughs> Bye, ya. But, it, but, but, but start that process of, of having the conversations. The conversations are good. Have realistic expectations of your kids as you're having those conversations and what their re reactions are going to be. As they get older, you know, the conversation could be with your kid, you know, we're, we're going to be leaving here in 15 minutes. If you pitch a fit, you know, if I'm talking to my boy, he's 12, if you pitch a fit, we're probably not coming back here again. And we leave, he pitches a fit, we go home, we're not going back there again. The next time he asks, can we go again? No, 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 we're not going back, dude. Remember what happened last time. Um, 
even if it's something I really want to do. No, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're probably going to have to step away from some of the fun things that you like to do to to be consistent with your kids and let them know that there are repercussions. For a two-year-old, be, be patient. It's normal. Uh, quiet time is, is totally fine. Um, but have the conversations and, and know that they'll, they'll get better as they get older, hopefully. Don't. <laughs> um, so, so the question lends itself to a couple things. If your kids are whining, depending on the age level, they're probably tired and just need a nap. You say, well, my kid doesn't want to take a nap. Look, put them in their beds, shut the door, and, you know, we, when my kids were younger, we put these little knobs on the kids' doors on the inside that they could not open the door. We made the room safe. It's, they're wonderful. And, we made it safe in the room. That room it was makes the room safe. Like the bookcases were bolted against the walls, and we had a TV that played Barney and the Wiggles all the time in that room. It was a TV. The older kids, I, I have to tell you this: they, this is probably a learned behavior. They have learned that you will accept it, and that you will accept that kind of maybe it's back sass or, or back talking or your kids are just being sarcastic back with you. If they're doing that, it is probably because they have learned that they can and that you won't do anything about it. And you may look at them and say, well, the next time you do that, forget the next time. Look, respond now with a consequence, right? Uh, if they, they are sarcastic, you say go to your room and they say something or, or you ask them to take out the trash and they give a roll their eyes or give an attitude, that, they've learned that you will accept that. So if you just stop accepting that behavior and let them know, hey, if you behave this way again, I'm going to take away or I'm going this, – this is the consequence. And you don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You just need to let them know, hey, this is the consequence. You did it. Here it is. My kids, it's their iPad. I can take away the iPad or take away TV or I can send them to the room for a while to chill out, whatever it is. Immediate. There's no talking about it. There's no yelling. There's no threat for next time it's done. They will learn not to behave that way because they will not like the consequences, right? The other thing I'm going to say, and this goes back to everything we've been saying, monkey see, monkey do. If your kids are being disrespectful and back-talking you or, or constantly sarcastic, and it is probably because you are. It's probably because you are to your spouse, you are to the drive through lady, you are to your kids. It is monkey see, monkey do. They are responding to how they see you do it. And so if you want that to change, here, here's how I would do that. If, it, if that's you, if I'm talking to you and you know that's you, I would repent to your kids. I would ask them to forgive you and to tell them that this behavior is not acceptable and I'm sorry. I won't do this anymore. And then you can go in and say, and you're not going to do it anymore either because this is not honoring to God. But be the example. You go first. You go first. If it's not you, then they've just learned that you accept it. Period. That it? I think I think I covered the last question in the back. With, is that the back says? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of covered that there. Guys, listen. You know these, these questions came from you, and and I hope and and I told you that if we didn't answer your question up here on stage that. We would find, I would, I would, if you gave me an email address, I would respond to it. There are plenty more. I understand that you are hurting as a, as a parent. You are looking for answers. And, uh, and the answers that we've given today, they, they may not be your cup of tea, 
They may not be what you wanted to hear, but we believe we have, we have prayed, we have searched our Bible, we have combed through our experience and said, this is what we found to be true. And so if you wouldn't mind, just, just give these guys a round of applause and some thanks for coming up here and joining me today. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. But you know, we, we do this series because, because we're, we're all hurting a bit and we, we have questions. We, we need answers to them. And I want to say this, that having the answer is not the same as living the answer. You could say, well, I don't know what's wrong with my kid. I don't know what's going on with my relationship. I, I went to the parenting boot camp. I listened to the podcast at least ten times. But, but you didn't change your behavior. <laughs> you didn't respond to, to it. You didn't respond to the Word of God. And you, there's nothing that changed about you. I listened to it. I have the answers. I took notes. I talked with my spouse about the answers. These are not the same as living them. And it is hard. It is difficult to live them. And I wonder if there aren't some of us here today, me included, who wouldn't say, you know, I've got lots of answers, but I've not been applying them. I've not been living them. I hear today, but I walk away unchanged. And so my situation stays the same. That pain that is there, that the questions that are there, the difficulties that are there as a parent, they remain or they get worse. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I wonder if you wouldn't be willing today with nobody looking around to say, you know, Aaron, that, that's me. I've heard you, but I've not been applying. And today, I want to make a commitment to applying, to living out to living out these truths. If that's you, would you would you raise your hand and let me know that you're here and today I'm going to make that commitment. I've got my hand raised. I need this just as much as anybody does here. There are places in my life where I'm not living out what I know to be true. You can put your hands down. Thank you. I want to pray for you today. Father, I just pray for every parent in this room, every soon-to-be parent, Every parent whose kids are even grown, grandparents, Lord, I, I pray that you would soften our hearts again. Lord, and let the truth of your word take root. To take root in our hearts and bear fruit in our lives, that we could be changed first. That as parents, we would understand it is our responsibility that in some areas of our life to grow up. In some area of our, of our life that we need to change, that we need to humble ourselves, that we need to allow you to change us and help us. God, do just that. Holy Spirit, remind us when we're in the middle of the heat of things. Remind us when we have difficulty coming our way. Remind us how we need to handle ourselves with wisdom, with honor, and in ways that would glorify you. Lord, help us connect with the hearts of our children. And Lord, guide our hearts. There's nothing greater as parents than we can ask. So Lord, do a work in us today. As we repent before you, as we seek your forgiveness. Say, let, let's make it right today. Do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And there may be those of you here today. You don't even know Jesus. You're just here checking it out, and I don't want to assume that, that, 
Everybody here knows the story or knows about his love. We sang a song today about his love. His love for you is infinite. It is never ending. And if you would like to connect with that love today, if you want to say, Aaron, I need to know that love in my life. If that's you, would you shoot your hand up and let me know that you're here so that I can pray for you as well? Amen. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right, guys, this, this is beautiful.